the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Weren't we fired from no, we, the zone? Well, what I don't, do you think, call I don't that? think we were fired. We were just, they flipped the format. They still pay. Okay. If they pay you after tomato, you leave. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Depending on how, I'm parsing the uh, semantics of the whole situation. We weren't fired. We were flipped. Oh, whatever you, you, whatever you, makes you, you feel better. You could say we were flipped off. We yes. were flipped off the air. Yes. What, whatever makes you feel better. Very and, good. Uh, You're all fine. warmed up today. You uh, got your nice uh, heavy coat on. It's, I know. It's, it's hot today, too. Well, it is nice know. out, except it's still like a little wet out there. Still a little it's rainy. a golf day for Hooli. Tomorrow would be the ideal golf day. The missus turned me down tomorrow. Oh, she did? She did, yeah. She turned me down. She's, she's tired of beating you. Well, she's got business with flashes of fun. Somebody's well, got to pay the bills be, around here. Uh, well, I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> I love to uh, quote obscure uh, movie references. Yes, you do. Yeah, so. White Line Fever, you got something for us? I reject White Line the Fever? challenge because there is no challenge. <laughs> is that from, uh, don't tell me, that's the one with Kathy Ireland? No, no, that's... Uh, Spike doesn't play with no, girls? No, that's that's Little Giants. Little Spike Giants. doesn't play. This is a Mr. T in Rocky Three. Oh, in Rocky Three. I reject the challenge because he is no challenge. Clubber Lang. Clubber right. Lang, thank very you. Very good, very good. <laughs> I knew, at least knew that part. Yes. All right, where are you headed this week? I forgot. Nolens. Oh, so. that's right. Oh, man. And that's not your favorite city. I was praying for so many people this morning, and I forgot to pray for you. I'm going to cover <laughs> you up people, with prayer going into that dark place. Yeah, it is, but it also is uh, It's it's one of the most interesting places that I go to. There is a sense of evil in that city, yes, and it's is. because of whatever the voodoo practices or, or in the open... Prostitution, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a decadent place. It is, but there's also a lot of light there with churches and, and you know, beautiful churches that I've been mm-hmm, to that are mm-hmm. crowded. So I, somebody asked me about it. I said, it's kind of, to me, when I go there, it's like the epicenter of the battle of good and evil. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I agree. There's so that. much culture and history down there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard not to like, but I can understand that the feeling of, of a dark feeling that you have when you walk through the city. And I don't know if anybody's been through it, but the other cool thing about New Orleans, uh, I remember being down there and uh, I asked somebody, what's a good restaurant? And they said, is it open? I said, yeah, then it's good. <laughs> so whatever restaurants are open are yeah, usually that's pretty true. good because of the... I, what is the mask situation? Do you get a scouting report no, on the mask situation? No, I, I, I don't because, you know, I'm, I'm a hermit anyway, mm-hmm. so... You know, I, what I've been doing is going to, like, a gr- local grocery yeah. store down there and just grabbing stuff that... Uh, so what kind of stuff do you grab? Like a bunch of protein bars? Protein, protein bars, tomatoes, uh, stuff that I don't really need. What, do you buy a paring for- knife on the road because you no, can't I carry one? I just eat the whole thing. You just eat it like yeah. an apple? Yeah, I do. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm a weird and weird guy in, in some of those sense. And, you know, it's a lot of times... Any, any meat? By uh, lunch meat? Um... I have bought it if I knew that I have a refrigerator, and it depends yeah. on if I go before I get checked into the room. If I know there's a little refrigerator, then I'll buy, ah, mm-hmm. uh, like a turkey or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So just just to have stuff throughout the day, and you know, I try to maintain. You know me, I'm a. You're very for, vigilant uh, on your diet. I am, you really are. Uh, more than yeah, I mean, I'm not like super super strict, but I am very aware of what I eat and what I put in and all that stuff, yeah. and. uh 
you know, did the, that come about while Stephanie was fighting breast cancer, and you guys researched the impact of diet? Was so that, that's some it, of that? No, I mean it's interesting. It's like anybody. Like when you're younger, you feel like you can eat anything. Oh, sure, right? you can, and yeah. you can eat anything. And yeah. toward the end of my career, you're looking for an edge to hold on. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting more and more into diet. Unfortunately, you know, we knew a little bit about diet back then, but. It wasn't as emphasized as it is now. For example, you go to all these facilities now, team facilities, they have on-staff nutritionists, they have chefs in there, they have these beautiful cafeterias set up with mm-hmm. healthy options. They tell you how much to eat, how much to take in. For example, with the Lions, I mean, uh, on our, they would we'd bring in lunch and eat in the vis- visitor's locker room and We'd have Popeye's chicken, you know, yeah. that's what we would, and red yeah. beans and rice. And yeah. so we just didn't have uh, all the knowledge, but I started doing research and actually ran into a couple bodybuilders. And if you ever run into a bodybuilder, you talk to them, they do know a little bit about what's good and what's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when Stephanie got sick, we started researching on uh, diets and healthy and and became very vigilant in that uh for example one of the best food fighters of cancer are tomatoes Tomatoes, they they can contain something called lycopene and i think lycopene is one of the best things that can have and 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 so you know that's something that uh and my wife carrie now is uh, very vigilant on diet she used to be a personal trainer she used to be a fitness uh competitor uh she works out constantly and you know, one of her favorite sayings is, is your body, your choice on what we choose to eat or not eat. But like when we go out to dinner, it's not like I deny myself. I used to, but not anymore. I, I just be sensible and I don't eat to the point of uh, I don't practice gluttony. In other words, when I eat, yeah. I, I eat it, I enjoy it. And, and like if there's a dessert, uh, for example, the other night, um, my mother-in-law, Steph's mom, and this is something really cool about how God has blessed me mm-hmm. and my family. Um, and this is a credit to my wife now, Carrie. Uh, she's embraced everything about St- Stephanie's family, and, and by God's grace also, Stephanie's family has embraced Carrie. I mean, there were little bumps in the road along the way, just people getting to know each other. But my mother-in-law, uh, Stephanie's mom, turned 84. Carrie's mom and her twin sister turned 84 yesterday oh wow that's cool so on monday night we took stephanie's mom out to uh, an italian restaurant that i like here in town um vittorio's i don't know if you've ever eaten there uh, it's in powell it's, i have not it's really i i love it i mm-hmm. think it's they do a great job service is great just wonderful and uh i just uh and just to and we spend every monday night with her which is with Carrie's mom. Yeah. No, with, with Stephanie's with mom. Myra. Yeah, yeah, with Myra. Yeah. You know Myra. Yeah. yeah. With, Very sweet. Uh, and, I'm a and, big sweetheart. Myra. Yeah. And and you know, she has has, as you know, we've talked, some health issues and but it's just uh and Carrie sets the example on that because I think women have more of a antenna up like Carrie has to remind me to call my mom. Not that I don't want to talk to my mom. Yeah. Not that I don't love my mom. It's yeah. just that, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not a big phone guy. Just yeah. not. Yeah. And, but anyway, then, so last night I went out with uh, my was the oldest daughter, Sue, and Uncle Bill, Dr. Mm-hmm. Bill at Orthopedic One. 
I went with Myra and Em, and Carrie went up to Youngstown to take her mom and her twin sister out and her dad. So I, uh, I'm very fortunate. I was thinking about that today. There's a lot of, if, if we take time to listen to the older generation, because we are going to be that older yeah, generation one yeah. day. Yeah. And that kind of hit me this week. You know, one day I'm going to be, you know, hopefully, God willing, yeah. I celebrate. If it's God's will, I'll be celebrating a birthday in my 80s. Um, and if you sit there and listen to them, even Myra, who has some some memory issues, she'll have some genuine words of wisdom mm-hmm. that come out. You know the coolest tradition, and I encourage everybody to do this. Can I go into this? Yeah, please do. One of the coolest traditions we have as a family, and I'm not quite sure when this started, but whosever birthday it is, I think I've shared I've shared this with you before. Whosever birthday it is, everybody who's at the gathering will go around the table and say what they love and why they love the person whose birthday that they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. And that was such a cool thing uh to to do and they hear what people think of that person and then while they're saying what they think of that person in your mind you're going oh that's so true yeah. or that's so true yeah. and so yeah and it's really cool because for that person they're not that they need to be but sometimes it's nice to be validated absolutely right you know yeah. and so but i changed mine on my birthday which was last week what i did i because we i had a bunch of the uh uh, minions and uh, the vultures over. Mm-hmm. Boyfriends also know yes. that. <laughs> and this is for each kid. There's a song that every time I hear, I think of them. So I assigned them each a song, and I told them to download. And each minion or each vulture, I gave them a song because they've been around me long enough that there's a song that comes out. Uh, I'll share a couple of them. Uh, my oldest stepdaughter, who's a sweetheart of a girl, and I'm very fortunate in that regard, too, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started coming around, her mother, she was so protective of her mother. Like, and she would look at me and snarl at me. She, <laughs> I think she's probably in sixth, I think, maybe fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. when I started coming around. And uh, there was this song by John Hyatt. And it's actually can be a faith based song. That's a cool thing about I, I know I, I, it's a cool thing about songs. You can make them a faith based song. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and this song is called "Have a Little Faith in Me." And I don't know if you know who John Hyatt is. I've or heard the you, name, or if you know who yeah. that song. But it, it's really the words are so cool. And I just you know I just wanted her to have a little faith in me. <laughs> and when I said that to her, she just started smiling. You know. Yeah. One other boyfriend's uh, originally from Colorado, so John Denver, Colorado mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain High. Um, one, I'm not going to say the boys because one song is you 2 I still haven't found what I'm looking for because when I met this one, he was on a faith search and a journey. Okay. And when I met him, we were talking, and he just still he, he wanted he just hasn't found what he was looking for but i knew what he was looking for and he's grown so much over the past year and a half which is as a dad is one of the coolest things to see another one for the vultures is that song by uh, oh, uh i can't believe i forget his name right now but it's called i'm a riser uh dirk bentley dirk okay. bentley. dirk's bentley yeah, yeah you know that song i don't and it's actually about a single mom raising a kid, but it's this kid always rises to any challenge. And the last Vulture song 
is they I think some of the vultures listen to this, but the last vulture song is uh the hustle from the seventies. Because this <laughs> this kid when we were on vacation, his effort in all the uh the what were so supposed to be fun games yes. turned out to be very competitive, but his effort in spike ball, his effort in uh softball, his effort who can drink the most water to the point where he puked because Oof, he he went that's, that's commitment. It's commitment. Then but for the prom for one of my younger daughters, I mean he wore like a turtleneck with a gold chain, uh um a velvet tuxedo and and didn't care. I mean old he, school. Yeah. And so uh, he looks like he yeah. it reminded me of somebody in the seventies and so that's that's a, a tradition. I I know I think it's important that people know kind of how cool things that you and I absolutely do, but uh, and they're all trying to find a song that, um, that I that reminds them of me, of and you. I'm interested to see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. What they come up with. Uh, I'm uh, I'm hoping for the. Uh, who sang it? Was it? It wasn't uh, Warren Zevon. It was a uh, uh, bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. That was uh, George Thurgood. Yes. And the Delaware I, I, Destroyers. I that's me. So I, I, did, I don't I know did that that applies. <laughs> there was an era where it might have, but not now. Not now. Uh, we want to thank How everybody you, who's watching way. us on Facebook this morning. We did start early. Mr. Spielman was, uh, I, I, I expected you 645 and you got here at 630, yeah, but I was ready for I'm you. I'm going to so. try to get here at 630 okay. unless I have issues. Okay. I mean, well, you rarely have issues. In the uh, you get your workout in, and you're up and at them. Uh, yeah. Get your hemisphere coffee in. I do get the hemisphere again. coffee in. Yeah. But, and by the way, thank you to Hemisphere as uh, uh, you picked up a couple boxes mm -hmm. for me. Thank mm -hmm. you for doing that. Yeah. My and, pleasure. Uh, I always love going out there. Yeah. And uh, we'd encourage anybody to go out to Mechanicsburg to go and see their facility and uh, have them make a coffee for you. They are. Whew, they'll beat any barista you know. They really know what they're doing. And in terms of making you, uh, you know, any lattes or I don't know what they call it. When it, uh, is that a frappuccino that's like a milkshake? I don't know. But I have boy, no idea. Yeah, their coffee's great. Start with good coffee and, you know, you're way ahead of the game. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Great Use, people, too. Yeah, they are great people. Use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. You'll get 15% off. And remember Hemisphere for uh, corporate gifts and things like that. we got a special deal coming up. It's not been um, – it's not started yet at – 98.90 answer. Remember the discount deals we used to do at the zone where you yeah. get a $50 gift card for 25 bucks. We're going to do one of those with hemisphere coming up. So people will be able to get, I think it's a $30 gift card yeah. to hemisphere for $15. And it's going to be just a, like a card number. So you're able to go online and do it and you'll be able to get a fantastic coffee at half what it normally costs sure. you. So hemispherecoffeeroasters.com order, check out all their uh, coffee sourced from around the world. It's really good. And they are great people. So yep. we appreciate that. All right, we got uh, Battle of Ohio take two this week. Here we go. Uh, Browns at Bengals. I think this one, Brownies better pay attention here. Uh, In this NFL, we've talked about this, you know, week to week. It is. High and low. Browns were horrible Sunday. They'll probably be really good this week. Bengals were, you know, good for a while in Indy. You saw them. Yeah. And uh, they're, you know, you said Monday, Bengal fans get frustrated hearing they're close. But they are. They're, they've been close. They're 1-4-1. They were close in Cleveland the first time. They were close in Indy. Could have won Philly. Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're improving, but they just 
Got to get over the hump. Man. They struggle to get over that hurdle, and I don't know what triggers that in a yeah. team. Usually, it's a transformative player. Oftentimes, a transformative quarterback. That's a lot to put on Joe Burrow, but he's been very good so far. But also, he has things he has to do better. Yeah, I just he's getting better. He's going to be really, really good. I mean, really good. I mean, he's you know, hopefully he. We did a little flashback of Kenny Anderson, and I think people forget how good Kenny Anderson oh, wow. was. I, he was a tremendous player, right? Yes, he was. And so I think Joe can reach that level, maybe higher. Uh, I did a, a show last night, Bruce Drennan's. Yeah. With uh, And we talked about the Bengals and mm-hmm. Browns. And, and he asked me the same thing, the Bengals this. I, I said, look, they're better than they are. War. The Bengals can't afford to have crucial mistakes in crucial times. That's what really hurts them yeah. because they're not good enough to overcome them. They it's can't not, overcome the big mistake. It's not like, yeah. you know, Joe Burrow is not Tom Brady yet. Joe right. Burrow is not Aaron Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson or Kyler where, where they can cover yeah. up a yeah. lot of things, right? A lot of ugliness, they can cover it up. Joe's not there yet. And so any self-inflicted mistakes uh, is something that they can't afford to have. And, 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 Randy Bullock, uh, I don't want to put undue pressure on him, but he's got to be able. Anytime they can get points, he's got to be able to hit one from forty-eight. Now, you when you were he saying did hit one from fifty-five, I know. But when you were saying they can't overcome a mistake, the mistake that came to my mind, of course, they're not going to be able to overcome the last interception. There's not time. But the right. forty-eight-yard field goal was a big Huge. mistake in that yeah. game, and that's something that for them to take that next step, Bruce, they they they've almost got to be perfect in those areas and if not i mean they'll end up winning four or five games Mm -hmm. uh and with cleveland cleveland is much better than they were against pittsburgh i mean i know i think i know good football teams when i see them right and i get that it wasn't baker mayfield didn't have his best game probably his worst game of the year but i you know what i expect him to to bounce back and i think he will but they talent wise it's not even close no i mean the offensive line for Cleveland is one of the top offensive lines in the league, in my opinion. I do think as we progress into the season, I don't know how long Nick Chubb's going to be out, but he's one, out this week. One week is too long because I, I I just have such a high regard, and not that Kareem Hunt isn't a starter himself, but they're so much more dangerous with both of those guys they healthy, are. and they keep attacking you with those guys. Mm-hmm. Kareem and, Hunt as. A fresh Kareem Hunt after Nick Chubb has worn you down is different than a Kareem Hunt at the start of a game. Right. And, and, and the Stewart kid's a good third back, but he's not Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. They're not at your best. Well, they have Dearness Johnson and Dontrell yeah. Hilliard. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they they rushed for almost nothing at yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had a great success on the ground against the Bengals the first time, but that was with Nick Chubb. Yeah. So that's what they want to get back to. I know that's how Stefanski wants to play. And that was by far the Bengals' worst performances uh, of the year. And they're they're better defensively. And you were telling me about some drama going on. Yeah, according to Cincy Jungle and the Cincinnati Enquirer, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, two guys who've been stalwarts for the Bengals and make stalwart-type money, $20 million bucks combined, uh, are upset that they are being marginalized. Dunlap got 28 snaps against Indy. Geno Atkins got 18. Now, I don't really know why Dunlap is frosted because the guy who plays in his spot, Amani Bledsoe, had 29 snaps, so he's playing equal time. 
with the other guy. He just clearly thinks he's a two-time Pro Bowler. He thinks he's better. Geno Atkins is the guy. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. I didn't realize that. Look, I love Geno Atkins. I think he was a, he's a great player. Is um, he D-U-N? I, I think he's at the end. Yeah, yeah, I do. And it's not anything that he can do. He's, he's been, just, He was missed the first four games. Been injured. Then he's played 30% of the snaps since then. Played Is 90. it a rounding into shape thing, or uh, you can only get that's, so much out of it? That's what Zach Taylor said, and because I asked him specifically about that. And look, Gino, uh, you're playing inside for, ten, what is this, his 10th or 11th yeah, year? Yeah, something like this. Yeah. And he's done so well. He's he's had a great career, but, you know, I, I he thinks he's healthy. The coaching staff doesn't think he's healthy. I'll be interested to see how many snaps he gets. This week, but mm-hmm. we know in the NFL that everybody wants to get that constant rotation, and I'm sure Gino probably wants to be around 35 to 40 snaps a game, and it's just, you know, like all these guys, the Bengals are kind of on a youth movement. I think their roster average is 25 or 26 mm-hmm. years of age, mm-hmm. you know, and I get it. I get why they're upset. I, if I were them, I would be extremely upset i don't blame guys for being ticked off if they're not playing especially if you're an eight-time pro bowler and so do guys know know when they're declining i think deep down if they're honest but then there's liars that happen and what i mean by liars is you'll make this great play that you made but you just don't make that great play yeah Yeah, you used to make it routinely yeah, yeah. yeah yeah And so I think guys know. I think Gino's very serviceable. I think Carlos is very serviceable. I don't think they're worth twenty million dollars, though. To be honest with you, I, I just don't. And it's Dunlap not... is uh, making eleven point two five through twenty twenty one. Atkins is making nine point six through twenty twenty two. Yeah, I don't think they'll be there. Uh, the market for them at the trade deadline, I think, would be minimal unless you want to trade them just to get rid of them because they're unhappy and you don't like the. You can't trade Gino Atkins because you already have four guys that are on uh, uh, injured reserve. They lost Mike Daniels, which was a good pickup for them. They lost Reader, DJ which, Reader. which was yep. a big, huge pickup for them. They're bringing Xavier Williams. They signed him off the Patriots practice squad, they and got, he's playing. They got Marcus Hunt. They got Marcus Hunt back yesterday. Yeah, so. Marcus Hunt, who had a nice run in Indy after being drafted in the second round by the Bengals. He was never in Cincinnati what I thought he'd be. Yeah. He goes to New Orleans. They release him. The Bengals signed him yesterday. I think they've signed like four defensive linemen in the They last. have to. Yeah. yeah. So, and I understand. I understand those guys' frustration. But you know what? If you're not producing. That's what happens. Well, if you're if you're producing the same as a young guy, they're going to play the young guy. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and they're probably both those guys will be gone next year. The Bengals can get rid a- of them I, by June first and, and save a bunch of money. AJ Green will be gone by next year. Think I think so. Oh yeah, I think they're moving. You don't on. you think they might move him at the deadline? I would if, if he I has could. another couple good games. I, I does just, he get a four for him if he has another couple th- games like I he think had in ten Indy? years in the league? I'm now. No. I don't think he creates separation. Yeah, I didn't see much of it. You know, I think and his price tag's too high. Yeah. So they, I mean, they've had great careers. Oh yeah, no doubt. All three of those guys, no doubt. They and were great picks and all that. It's just, none. It's nothing personal. It's just, hey man, it's it's. Hey, I tried to fight it too. Yeah. It's undefeated. Yeah. I'm telling you, you ain't gonna win. Uh, nominate somebody for COVID nineteen relief. Email their name and a little bit about their story to us at Spielman Podcast at gmail.com. We'll draw four names on Friday. 
$250 to each of the winners uh, on our way to giving away $40,000. We'll hit that after the first of the year. Thanks to uh, Spielman CBD products at CBD Health Collections. Thanks to Volunteer Energy, Byers Dublin Mazda Subaru, the Detroit Lions, others, oh. and your own uh, call upon your heart to do that. So a uh, great thing. Nominate somebody. I know you all know somebody, so just uh, shoot us a quick email about them. We'll get to the Buckeyes in Nebraska in a moment. Uh, I wanted to ask you what you think. This is a weird year in Ohio high school football. Everybody makes the playoffs that wanted to. Uh, they are going to allow – they still don't know where they're going to play the state championship games. They were going to play them at Tom Benson Stadium at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But uh, with limited attendance and the rental fee, it doesn't make sense financially. And the OHSAA is in financial – uh, straights because they had to cancel their state basketball tournament last year, which is normally their big moneymaker. So they're going to allow the top-seeded team, the higher-seeded team in each regional to host its regional championship game. They say they'd like for them to be at neutral sites. So, like, let's say you're Columbus Academy and mm-hmm. you're hosting. I don't even know if they have a field at Columbus Academy, but let's say they did. They would like for Columbus Academy to have the game at, like, Ohio Dominican or someplace like that. But I just think the schools aren't going to have the money to do that. I don't have a problem with them playing regional championship games on home field. No, not this year. I mean, everything's changed this year. So just adapt with the times. And I know uh, Maslin's playing North Canton Hoover this week, and Maslin will play there. They should host it at Maslin. That's where they should have the state championships, so. Yeah. I, I mean, you just got to adapt to what's going on. They might um, have different, and, and like I said, they still don't know where they're going to play the state title games, and I would guess they're going to play the state title games in multiple locations, which. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Play it at the school. Yeah, I think that's fine. So I'll be covering a playoff game this weekend. I really? For sales and somebody. I'm how sure how many jobs do you have now? Um, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I'll catch that after a soccer game Saturday afternoon. <laughs> how. Uh, before we get to the Buckeyes, yeah. how how was your first week as doing radio? That's not sports, hundred percent of the time. How'd I'm I'm people. A lot of people ask me that, and I'm still trying to figure out what the show is. Uh-huh. Like I know what I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be a a gripe session, a fa- right. a fault finding show all the time with this is happening in politics and this stinks and. Even though that's what seems to sell. Right now, yeah. I just don't, that doesn't. There's too many of those. There's too many. It's not that I'm trying to be an outlier. It's just that I hope I'm capable of more. Mm-hmm. I think God's put it on my heart to be more uh, than that. Uh, it was interesting the other day. I tried to turn the focus away from the Hunter Biden emails and stuff like that. And I don't think, you know, ju- the journalism field has not acquitted itself well and no. In this uh, scenario. So there's ample opportunity to complain. Uh, and I just paused from that and I said, no, I, I just want to open the phone lines and I want you to tell me something good in your life. I said, you know, we all tend to oh, focus like on the negative. I said, just call me and tell me something good. And I said to my producer, I want you to tell me something good. I got no calls. Now, I get calls, a lot of calls. So I know people are listening. People go, ah, nobody's listening. No, there are people listening. I get calls. Nobody could call with something good, and my producer struggled to come up with something good. And and that's a mindset. That's a mindset, you know, that you need to get into. Because I remember when I started to get engaged in leadership training, and Matt, who you've met uh, out and about one night while you were having dinner, Matt introduced himself to you. 
Matt asks that question a lot. Matt will start a conversation with a stranger that way. Hey, tell me what's good in your life. Mm-hmm. Tell me something good. And it's interesting to watch people, when you ask them that question, they kind of are like, they're thrown by it. Because we just don't tend to don't think, think that about that. We tend to focus on the things that are not good, that we'd like to have fixed or like to have, you know, improve. You think that's a natural feeling that people have? Well, it's my natural bent. I know that. I, I have to battle that. You yeah. Know? Um, some of that's the field that I chose because, as I said before, it's a field where you write about the plane that crashes, not the one that lands. Yeah. Um, so I have to fight that. And I, but I just I don't know what, I, what the show will be yet on 98.9 from 5 to 7 every mm-hmm. night, but I know what I don't want it to be. Like, it looks like, I'd say right now, 60-40 Biden-Trump. Uh, in terms of their likely election. If Joe Biden gets elected, that's not my personal wish. It's not my personal wish because of his policies. I don't want the next whatever years I have on that show to be going in every day and griping about what what the government's doing and what Joe Biden's doing. I just don't think that's productive. There are plenty of shows like that. Mm -hmm. And I could do a show like that. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't make me... It wouldn't be conducive to me being the kind of person I want to be. I was thinking about that. And if if you're constantly doing that, and I, I look at, and on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And I follow uh, people on Twitter and that are, are like that. Um, your radio station has guests or shows like that that lead up to your show. Yeah. Right? That's got to get exhausting after a while. And I kind of look at it like forgiveness or carrying anger or carrying burden mm-hmm. or carrying a grudge. I've done that in my life uh, a, for a period of time where I carried some disappointment in somebody, anger in somebody, and frustration in somebody. And until I was able to let that go... Uh, was I did I finally feel better about everything around me? And that's what I don't understand. And I think, you know, I'm not the political talk show host that you are or the skilled that you are, but I do think that um until we as a country on both sides let some of that bitterness go, it's gonna be hard to move forward. Yeah. It it really is. Yeah. And I like where somebody told me, and I use it for everybody all the time. Let's try to be an encouragers more than we are discouragers. Yeah, you know that's yeah. what I'm trying to find. This I'm trying to find a sweet spot between. I don't want it to be a show that complains, and I don't want it to be a show that lacks gravity and impact. I mean, there I discussed an opportunity one time for a general interest talk show where the syndicated hosts leading up to that local show that I was trying to do were, you know, pound, pound, pound on what's wrong in the country and what's wrong with the policies Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it was the opinion of the people I was interviewing with that the local show needed to just be, because up to it was all, you know, pounding on people and pounding on the system and pounding on the government, the show, when it turned local, needed to be like fluff and not much substance, just messing around, just having fun. Right. I can't do that kind of show. No, either. you're not a fun person. 
No, you're not. I mean, and I just think that. You're, I mean, you can well, be. I mean, you're funny sometimes. I but. feel like I have an ability to, um, I think, analyze things. And I'm intrigued by shows that enlarge my understanding. So what I'd like to do is do a show of some sort that is useful mentally to people. Makes them think, makes them broadens their understanding of things. But damn, I'm in this I'm in this um area where I'm I'm working for a company that is Christian owned. We have an AM station where the host of the AM local show, Bob Bernie, has been in the market for a long time. Bob's a pastor. The AM station runs messages throughout the day from famous pastors, Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll, stuff like that. I don't feel like it's my lane to do a Bible-based show because Bob does that. Right. Bob does that. That's Bob's lane. That's that Is station's he on lane. the same time as he, you? He's on 3.30 to 6, and I'm on 5 to 7. So that's Bob's lane, and we have an outlet for that kind of a show. So I need to find that mix of when can I relate it to my faith because of my face, the prism through I, through which I view everything. But I don't want to, because a lot of people who listen to the station are listening for news talk. They're not listening for the faith talk like you and I do at the end of the podcast. Yeah, or, no, or they're not looking for sports. Yeah, right. But um, but they want to have a little bit of awareness. I can talk some sports. Like, we're the home of the Browns. Yeah. So I can talk a little of that. I can talk Buckeyes or news in Columbus, whether... But we're not you know, sitting there saying they need to play more man No, coverage, I'm not going to go right? into, you or, know, or, gee, I wonder how the safeties will play. You know, and, and yeah. Kareem's yeah. so good out of the back. Right. I, you know, I, I just want to hit this with you because... Um, Maybe the listeners have... Uh, Suggestions. No, email I, the show, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. I, I, I was thinking about this and you and how can you be effective yet not comp- compromising what we know is truth and what we mm-hmm. stand for. And the big issue now with Amy Coney Barrett, right, the whole pro-life issue, Roe yeah, v. Yeah. Wade, I'm sure you've talked about that on your show. Yeah. Probably not. I don't know if you have. Or I've talked about it a fair amount. So obviously, you know, you and I are both very much pro-life, mm-hmm. very much pro-life. I mean, I'm a one-issue voter, and I think you are a one-issue voter. That's just that's what I choose to be. And that being said, the last thing I ever ever want to do is demonize people that make um, that have an abortion. And here's what I mean. There's, a, I think, a misnomer out there that abortion is used as birth control. And it's not. It, overall. I yeah. don't know about that. I don't oh, know if I, I agree with you Well, okay. I think it is sometimes. All right. Well, but I guess my point is, but there's also the cases out there where it's agonizing for somebody. Yeah, well, and, of course. And, and the, the repercussions or, or maybe guilt that they have after. And my heart goes out to them. I don't look at them and want to... Yeah, you deserve what you get type yeah. thing, you yeah. know. I look at them with such sorrow and want to help them. And so, that I mean, that's I'm hoping you're going in that d- direction where there's empathy yeah. and, and, and God's grace. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's, that's just – and the other thing is, like, uh, I had a friend that recently came out to me, and he was a, came out as gay mm-hmm. to me, and um, – he was afraid. He never told me because he was afraid 
than how he's going to react because mm-hmm. he knows what I believe. And I think my response to him was, it doesn't, you know, look, you know where I stand. I love you, though. You're my friend. Mm-hmm. If you call me and say, Chris, I need you to do this for me, I need you to do that for me, let me ask you this question. Do you think for one second that I wouldn't drop what I was doing and come to your aid? And he said, I know you would. And and so it doesn't mean I'm you know going to uh, promote that, but I'm not going to sit in judgment right. on him. I'm going to love him without compromising what I believe, but it doesn't change how I look at him. It doesn't change of what kind of friend I will be to him and have been to him even, you know, so. And it doesn't change how God loves him. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change that either. So that's my whole thing is that I want, you know, and I think what is missing, and you can do this, and it's it would be such a unique show if you don't compromise your standards, if you stand for truth, but you do it with compassion and empathy and love, uh, even though somebody else might be attacking you, your best response is to kill him with kindness and love, then I think that's kind of a unique show. I don't know. I was just thinking about it and how I would handle it and how I've totally changed over the last three or four years because I couldn't do what you do now because I would get so angry and frustrated. Well, I battle it. I have to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I pray yeah. about it before, before right. airtime every I day. I just think it's interesting, and, and I, I keep thinking about you – I've listened a couple times. I haven't had the ability to listen. If only I had something that I could carry around. If only you had like a device in your pocket that you could get <laughs> that a I show could turn on. and I can get the answer. Somebody should invent that. So anyway, I just I hope you're doing well with it, and I hope you're enjoying the challenge. It's a challenge, and I haven't figured out yet what it needs to be, but I know what I don't want it to be. Okay. So maybe that'll help me. Um, Get there. All right. So Buckeyes, Nebraska, Saturday noon. Yahoo. Ohio State finally gets to join the college football party. 1,600 people in the stadium. 600 for Ohio State, parents, people like that. And Nebraska gets 400. Uh, no band, no cheerleaders, no Brutus. It'll be, un- it'll be unusual. be unique. I don't understand why... Uh, that's the case with a big old building like that. It seems silly to me that they can't put 10,000 people in there. It seems silly to me that in that gigantic press box they can only put 30 people. Um, so, you know, we've been through our view of COVID um, before, but that's what it is, and that's what they'll operate with, and it's throughout the Big Ten. Well, I think it's uniform through the Big Ten. Yeah. That's the main reason for doing it as opposed to going state like the nfl goes state by state in yeah. fact i'm doing a saints game and there was talk that you know the saints in the city of new orleans are fighting a little bit and kind of getting in a little twitter battle because the saints want fans there and mm-hmm. the mayor of new orleans it's not safe yeah you know but apparently it'd be safe in baton rouge so <laughs> right you know that that I think that's the most frustrating thing for me is the hypocrisy and and the real reasons why you're basing it on. And you know the Saints have their experts that say it's safe, and the city of New Orleans has their experts who say it's not safe. And you know we we've gone back and forth with this. All I know is this, and I'm a little bitter at this this morning 
there's um, the loss of small businesses mm. and the impact. That's why we did COVID relief. Yeah. You and I have done this all the way up until I think January. We're going to do it until we hit our mark. Um, it just, they are unwilling to compromise just a little bit mm-hmm. until after, I think, until after the election. Uh, I do, too. I don't know. It's just so um, frustrating because people, I, I'm sorry to c- cut you no, off, no, but fine. I'm just so frustrated because there's there's people that rely, that are a customer-based business where whatever services they provide, you can't get over the Internet. Mm-mm. You can't order it. And they just destroy them. Destroy them. Yeah, and it's people who've it's devoted just, years to building an enterprise, and then I also have a, and I know you do too. I mean, I feel for these kids in Columbus City School kids. It, they're not going to be in class until January 15th. If then. If then. If then. So it's, um, I mean, it's, yeah. And look, I think we've learned a lot, and but you have to start moving forward and it's, we're getting to the point of what are you trying to prove now i mean what 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 is your end game here and that's what i was thinking about the, the whole new orleans thing was so infuriating because it's it's a dichotomy not a dichotomy excuse me it's a representative of what's going on in the nation where Hey, we can play in Baton Rouge in front of twenty five thousand people. Apparently, COVID doesn't happen there, well, but in the Super Bowl, away. can't yeah. have anything here. No, it's unsafe. People will die if you come in here and play football. I don't. I, I don't. No, like no. It. I. But but I. I just you know it, it. It has nothing to do with truth. It has nothing to do with working together to come to a solution. It's it's like, uh, two. Rams butting heads to show yeah. f- showing off for the female over there. Yeah. I just it's stupid. This is so dumb that we're even arguing about this. Yeah, I don't know how we progress after November third. I just hope we do. Uh, Adrian Martinez will start at quarterback for Nebraska. That's not a surprise. He's been their starter for two years, but they kept saying Luke McCaffrey, a redshirt freshman, was right there with him. Frost said yesterday they have two starters, which when okay. you have two, you don't have one. Exactly. Um, What's possible for Nebraska football in this era? I, I, it used to be possible to – they got a ton of walk-ons and they were a really good program for a really long time. Has something changed that Nebraska can't be Nebraska anymore? Because I think Frost knows what he's doing. He's a good coach. He was well, great at Central Florida. They had a little niche, and Osborne had a little pipeline going from getting uh, some kids from Jersey and yeah. like Rozier or getting them from yeah. Irving Fryer and – I just, you know, they're not getting the guys that you need to get to win on a consistent basis. Just not. And, like, Adrian Martinez is a, was had a tremendous freshman year. He did. And just fell off the map last year. Didn't play very well. I don't know what's possible for Nebraska. I think what's possible for Nebraska is what is possible for Wisconsin, what's possible in for Michigan State, where you're going to be good some of the time. Uh, I think the ceiling for Nebraska is, and I still think Scott Frost is the right guy, uh, is that you're competing every two or three years. I think the program now that has it going and is elevating 
Uh, I think when he leaves, if he does leave, it'll go back down. It's Minnesota mm-hmm. and P.J. Fleck. And we say row your boat, all that stuff. You know what? Dude can coach. He gets him to believe. He gets him to believe, and he's a very good coach. And so, better watch yourself, Michigan. That's not a W. No, automatically for Michigan. I know and that's going to. That's that's kind of the. I almost wish that the Michigan Minnesota game that Gus and Joel were doing yeah. that game as opposed to uh, Ohio State Nebraska, but we'll see. Uh, look, Ohio State is clearly everywhere I go. And these NFL guys, and I run into some personnel guys, and not as much as I used to because of social distancing, mm-hmm. but Ohio State has so many players. I was talking to a guy that when they come here, they schedule an extra day to watch film because they have so many guys, and they don't even – they ask me the names of them. Who's uh, this guy? I don't know. Right. I have no idea who it is. Right. Well, I'm now, sure he'll be pretty good. You know, they're coming in there, and they're they're looking – their heads are turned by freshmen. Uh, it's just know, Their heads are just turned by freshmen. They've done a phenomenal job recruiting – Ryan Day, a fantastic hire by Urban Meyer yeah. to bring him in. And, I mean, you know, three years ago, four years ago, none of us had Ryan Day on our radar. Mm-hmm. Urban Urban mm-hmm. for Ohio State. Did you? You liked him at BC. Yes. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, he ends up here, and Ryan's a guy who understands opportunity, understands resources. Ohio State has all those that a coach could ever want. You and I both believe he'll eventually be in the NFL, but he has, uh, I'm sure, goals for here, and one yeah. of them is to win the national title, and he's got a team capable of doing it. He does. Uh, there's three teams. That I haven't watched a ton of college football. I've, I've watched a fair amount. There's three teams that are – it's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Would you agree with that? I would. Like, I'm watching this Alabama team, and these receivers, <laughs> they have that Waddle kid, the returner. Devonte Smith is uh, unreal. I mean, they, yes. yeah. I mean, and last uh, year, I think they had those two guys with rugs yeah. and I know the other. They couldn't even get. I don't know. They couldn't even get on the field. Four though. first rounders. I, I just. I mean, uh, that's crazy. And and their you, quarterback's good. Mac Jones is really good. Really good. Yeah. And by the way, their running backs are really good, but their defense yeah. is suspect. That's the thing that's a little disappointing uh, from Alabama. Georgia has talent. They like they really do. They just don't have. You know, if they have Justin Fields, then they're special. You know, I, I get, you know, I just think, you know, it's tough to play with a walk-on quarterback. Yep. Clemson's off the charts talent-wise. Boy, they are I mean, good. he's done such a great job of, of recruiting and what he's been able to accomplish. Then you have Ohio State. Then you have, in my opinion, everybody else. That doesn't mean that another team could knock off Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State. What it what it does say is the superiority of the talent level and the great job of recruiting that uh, Nick Saban and Dabo and Ryan do. If they were NFL teams, like every year they would be in the Final Four for the playoffs. Those teams, because you know you can lose maybe two games or three games, it doesn't matter. The NFL, you still have a chance. The best is always going to be there in the end, even if they drop two or three. And I was talking to. Um, Sports Time Ohio when I was on Sports... Did I mention I was on you Sports did Time Ohio with Bruce Drennan? A real Trenton. professional? A very big professional, yes. <laughs> and there, he said, there's no room for error, right? 
And there's no room for error if there's a COVID outbreak. And statistically, we're mm. probably going to see a COVID outbreak in the, in the Big Ten. I would you know? think. I would. That's the thing. My question with Ohio State is, you know, Ryan Day talked yesterday about how he tells the guys, this is a sad way to live. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it's a sad way to live. At everywhere you go, every he said, you know, a trip to the grocery store is selfish. A, going to a movie is selfish. I don't even know if you can go to a movie, but going out is selfish. Like you live in a bubble and you have to stay in that bubble because if you don't live in the bubble, somebody could infect you and then you could infect your team. And yeah, and I get it. I understand I it. it. Yeah. It's just that it's a. I'm just saying two things can be true at once. I get yeah. it, and it's a sad way to live. It is a sad way to live, but you know what? It's you're asking to. Uh, because of the the nature and the ramifications, it's not like you. If you and I get COVID, okay, we we sit at home for two weeks yeah. and fine, or a week or ten days. Um, for them though, you know, you're you got all these people counting on you, so you're asked to sacrifice and not put yourself at any risk for the greater good of of the team, right? You don't want to be the guy that decided to go out to a party. Got COVID, sit in the meeting room, spread it to these yeah. certain guys. You just don't want to be that guy, no. right? No. And so, I don't think it's it's it is crazy, but it's a sacrifice that has to be made if you want to comp- get your goal. And that's just the way it is. That's what NFL teams are trying mm-hmm. to get done. And you know they're they're spending a boatload of money. Most of the players that I've talked to have all embraced. This. Now, the interesting thing is once everybody's out of the playoff hunt, are you going to still have people be as vigilant as they are? And so far, this is we're coming up on a halfway point. The NFL's been able to get all their games in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just um, worried about the Big Ten because there's no there's no wiggle, wiggle room, room. Right. No wiggle room at all. Uh, found out yesterday that the open enrollment period for health insurance extends to the end of the year. I thought it was just a week or two. So you have plenty of time to get a hold of Chrissy and the AUI team. Let them help you decide which health insurance policy is best for you. They're health insurance brokers in Akron, licensed to service any individual or business in the state of Ohio. AUIinfo.com is the website. AUIinfo.com. AUIinfo.com. They'll answer all your questions. You might not know, but if you're trying, if you have it on your list to investigate health insurance at healthcare.gov, you're already paying for a consultant it's built into the cost of the policy. That's why you don't pay AUI. The companies they put you with do, and they can put you with anybody. So just remember that name and avail yourself of their expertise because, hey, why not go into it with eyes wide open rather than uh, eyes half closed? AUIinfo.com. Can I ask you a question? And then before we get into the face uh, segment, have you noticed like when there's these COVID testing and it felt like the Panthers had a COVID positive, right? And mm-hmm. that, this is third week in a row for me. Uh a team you're doing. Yeah, okay. Right. And people are upset that people aren't upset. <laughs> like your writer friends. You're not taking it seriously. I know, yeah, they do get upset. I, I made a comment yesterday. I just made a comment. I'm just trying to make a factual statement. And I will apply this to both sides of the aisle. President Trump is wrong when he says we saved two million deaths. He might be right, but he doesn't know that. And the people who say, if you would have done this, you would have saved X number of lives. Savannah Guthrie made that comment in the town hall. Well, if you'd wear a mask 80%, you don't know that either. The only way you can know, know, and that's why we have 
who don't have a vaccine yet is because they do what's called a double-blind random sample. Does mm-hmm. this work? So one group of people gets the vaccine and one group of people doesn't, and neither one knows that they didn't get it or that they got it. Right. So they can't be prejudiced in any way. The only way to know if masks work is to do a double-blind random sample. And you can't possibly do that because you can't take an entire city of people and introduce the exact same variables with each group. So it's all theory. So when Governor DeWine said yesterday, you know, if 85 to 95 percent of you would wear a mask, we'd knock this thing down immediately. I would argue everywhere I go, 85 to 95 percent of the people are wearing masks and we haven't knocked it down. Yeah. So it's a virus. It's in the air. It probably penetrates your mask. Some people who wear a mask get it. Some people who don't wear a mask don't get it. So it's like you just you don't know. You're theorizing, and you're welcome to theorize, but just remember it's a theory. It's not proven. I don't yeah. even know what you asked me that I went off no, on that but, rant. I'm but sorry but if I'm I went off topic. I'm glad you did because um, <laughs> everywhere I go, and it, myself included, when required, where required, when around people, yeah. I, I've not seen any place in the city of Columbus that I've been to that doesn't practice that policy everybody requires it and i comply and yet if you read my twitter people be like well you don't wear your mask no i tweet that i don't think it's as bulletproof a a a precaution as you all think it is but that doesn't mean i don't wear it right i wear it in the hallway at work because they ask me to wear it in the hallway at work if i'm in my studio i don't have to wear it and so i don't here's the thing Uh, i wanted to do this thing called defend the triangle a defensive back technique. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a uh, demonstration in the booth. And I would said, okay, well, I'd have to do it through the plexiglass, and I'd have to have a mask on to do it. Because you'd rule. have to get close to Kevin. That's the rule. Yeah. yeah that, and it doesn't matter, has no bearing whatsoever that we've both been tested numerous times. Mm-hmm. Both tested negative, doesn't matter. Yeah. You'll have to wear them. You'll have to wear the mask. And we'd like to do it, Chris, but we feel that we, in order to set a good example, you'd have to wear the mask, and you'd have to do it through the plexiglass. And I said, okay, fine, we won't do it. They said, good, okay. You know, and that's the things that drive me insane. That is the things that drive me insane. In the different mindsets, and I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. We have meetings. Some people aren't comfortable coming to the meeting in the hotel. Okay? They're not they don't want to be in the same room with other people. They do a Zoom from their hotel room. And if that's no, I, know, I mean I know what you're gonna say. With a mask on, right? No. Because no. I saw a guy today on the Ryan Day call asking a question from a remote location. Wearing his mask, oh. and I'm just like, "What are you afraid of, dude? You're you're no, alone." But here's what I've come to have peace with, right? I don't want to get. I'm not. I, if that makes people feel comfortable, it's fine. It's fine. then I want them to be comfortable. Yeah. I'd rather have them be comfortable. And and here's my understanding of my growth as a human being is that if that uh, I'm not. 
I'm, I'm not going to judge that. You know, that's what, if you feel comfortable doing that, I'll support you in you doing that, you know. And, and I don't agree with it, but it doesn't matter. It's not, you're not telling me what to do, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. And if that's, and you're still able to perform your duties, and that makes you feel comfortable, go for it. I can't judge it. I don't want to judge it anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm just sick of this whole thing. I'm sick of leaders leading with fear. So I was thinking about all this today as we transition into the faith portion. Yeah, I got all this stuff going on. You know, there's, I'm trying not to be disagreeable. I'm trying to remember the verse from the Apostle Paul as much as is possible. Live at peace with other people. So I'm trying to do that. That's your mantra this year. It's, it's well, it's because I haven't done a good job of it very often. You know, I haven't even made an effort to live at peace with other people. I've made an effort to be divisive. Combative. Combative, yeah. Confrontational. So I was, I have several friends of mine who are really going through some difficult circumstances right now. Um related to their family, related to people they love. And I have a friend who um, is grieving the loss of a daughter, and it's really hitting him hard, and his wife hard. Mm-hmm. And I just woke up today, and I'm, and I'm trying to do a good job professionally with this show. I view this show as a gift from God and an opportunity to um, be light in a dark culture. And I just was, like, feeling one of those days where I was like, Lord, I, I don't have a clear idea in my mind what you want me to do. I have all these things going on that are troubling me because people that I care about have really, really tough circumstances going on in their life. So I was really trying to connect in prayer this morning, and I'm, and I'm glad that I did. I couldn't sleep last night. I was awake. And for some reason, I was thinking about people at my church and how grateful I am for my church. And all of a sudden into my mind popped the awareness of our sister church in Washington, D.C. And it's an inner city church led by a remarkable uh, pastor named Stephen. And uh, Stephen, I believe, at one point in his life struggled with uh, addiction. But man, is he an amazing, amazing speaker and super on fire for the Lord. And the name of their church struck me. The name of their church is About My Father's Business. A-M-B, A-M-F-B, About My Father's Business, which is an unusual name for a church. I've never heard of another church named that. And that just struck me that that is what I need to be about. In everything I do, I need to remind myself to be about my father's business. That's the prism through which I need to view everything. Is is this about the business of my father? Mm-hmm. Is this about the Lord Jesus Christ's business? Is this something that's furthering what he wants me to further? And that was helpful to me. And so um, I hope it's helpful to someone listening. Okay. Uh, first of all, I think one of the things that I've noticed, and it kind of just hit me, ever since we've been doing this podcast three days a week, we're sitting here publicly declaring and talking about our faith Mm -hmm. and how much better I've become because of this podcast. 
So we think we're hopefully doing a service for others. We're actually doing a service for each other. Mm -hmm. Because when you sit here and publicly acknowledge your failures and your successes, right? I think we both do both. Yeah. I mean, we sit here and say, okay, Bruce, you've improved in this area, in this area, and I'm so proud of you. And it's, it's, you're, you're a much nicer person to be around. You're a much, uh, I get to experience what the type of person that your wife gets to experience ever since we started this show. Where, you know, there's a lot of peace and about you now, which there never was, which is so cool, right? I, I, I think it is. And I know how I feel. Now, there's other steps that I've taken. Like I've told you, I've removed myself from shows like yours. And mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's that's understandable. I just ha because I, I just because I did not like what was being stirred up inside of me. That's mm -hmm. why I could never get into politics, because nobody listens to each other. And I could not I could I don't want to live like that. And I told my wife, because we used to watch all the shows together and we have discussions. We still have t discussions because I do am very aware of all the issues around me. I just don't sit there and and study them and focus on I'm very aware of them. I know, and when, when, what's given me peace is that I know what I believe and as we come upon election, my mind isn't going to be changed. It, it's never going to be changed. It doesn't matter what somebody tells me. My mind isn't going to be changed. So there's, n I don't need to educate myself anymore. I'm aware of what issues and what uh, uh, policies that I deem for me what I think is best for the country. So since I already know... I'm not going to surround myself with constant frustration. Yeah. And that's why I admire you because and almost like, oh, I almost look at you and say, I'm glad I don't do a show like that mm -hmm. because I don't think I can be as calming and has, uh, as good as you are doing it the times that I have listened. And it, the thought struck me is that God has put you in a position where if it were up to Bruce, you probably would last maybe six months on the air before you've said something or done something. But God has put you in a position of challenge, in a position where you have to rely on God to be able to do a good job. Because if you relied on Bruce and just your own self, there would be a point where you would say something so off the wall, so mean, even though somebody's, it might even be warranted or justified, but it wouldn't be Christian-like or it wouldn't be professional in how you respond. Yeah. And so I think it's just really cool to watch. Um, and the other thing is I want to talk real quick about the importance of confession now it says, if we confess our sin, God is right and just. And faithful he will and just to forgive us, and cleanse forgives us. Forgives us sins and, and cleanse us. But there's other parts to that too. So one is, blessed 
is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, which is so cool. And take heart in that today and don't get discouraged. But be sincere when you're in your confession. In Catholicism, there's a formal way to do that. Not saying right or wrong, I'm just saying there's a formal way to do that. But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So just do your best to keep it. And I'm so proud of you, of how you have taken that to heart. And it's so cool to be around you now because I used to, I don't do this anymore as much, but I used to antagonize you to see where I could, and I felt built bad about that because no, it was no, a, okay. you were easy mark. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm far from a finished product. No, but. but it's just fun to see. But acknowledge that. I I want to see. Do you have more peace in your heart? Do you think? I do, but I I came home last night and was not pleased with the show just because I I like to have a clear direction. I like to know what I'm trying to accomplish and then strive toward that. And I still don't feel like I have a, as I said earlier in the podcast, I know what I don't want the show to be. I don't know yet what it should be. And that's frustrating to me. And I wonder, I every feel like every segment on the air, if I'm not pushing toward a specific purpose, I'm wasting that opportunity. And I got a very nice email from a listener last night. But most of all, most gratifying to me was my wife hugged me and she said you're where God wants you and give him time to show you what else he wants of you yeah and she's like you know there are a lot of there are a lot of things about this opportunity that don't make sense but she's so it's so great to be married to someone as as you are as well who believes in you and who doesn't question the things that don't make sense but trust God to make sense of oh, them. Oh, what a stress reliever that is yeah yeah in your marriage yeah so so i know i have her support and that's um that's great it gives me peace to go back in there and it's, it's awesome it again. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome yeah. and it's not easy what you're doing but uh i appreciate you well thanks and uh it's great to be able to do this and well, to be transparent yeah, with know. everybody and you know hopefully you know. to help people through similar struggles so and have you told people on the answer that you're a two-time state champion? I haven't dropped that yet. Maybe I'll just wear my Letterman jacket in there today. <laughs> By the way, West Liberty Salem got their runs handed to them in Did the they? playoff. Yes. Did they? That doesn't break my heart. I was never a big football fan of West Liberty Salem. <laughs> Too much of a rivalry with the fellas. That's okay. You were the cross-country team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were winning their little league championship. We were winning our state championship. <laughs> that- <laughs> See, I've told you I'm not a finished product. <laughs> Two of them, by the way. Two of them. That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, we forgot to shout out our friends at Willis Spangler Starling, but you know them, willisattorneys.com. Great firm, great people. That's more important. Deal with people of integrity. Willis Spangler Starling has it, and you will do well to have them represent you, whatever your legal needs are. Everybody have a great day, great weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Friday here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Get those nominations in for COVID-19 relief. Do something nice for somebody. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
Weren't we fired from no, the we, zone? Well, what do you think, call I that? I don't think we were fired. We were just, they flipped the format. They still pay. Okay. If they pay you after tomato, you leave, Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I don't know. Depending on how, <laughs> I'm parsing the uh, semantics of the whole situation. We weren't fired. We were flipped. Oh, whatever you, you, whatever you, makes you, you feel better. You could say we were flipped off. We yes. were flipped off the air. Yes. What, whatever makes you feel better. Very and, good. Uh, well, you're all fine. warmed up today. You uh, got your nice uh, heavy coat on. It's, I know it's, it's hot today too. Well, it is nice know. out, except it's still like a little wet out there. Still a little it rainy. Be a golf day for Huli. Tomorrow would be the ideal golf day. The missus turned me down tomorrow. Oh, she did. She did. Yeah, she turned me down. She's, she's tired of beating you. Well, she's got business with flashes of fun. Somebody's well, got to pay the bills the, around here. Uh, well, I was just thinking. You know, <laughs> I love the uh, quote obscure. Uh, movie reference. Yes, you do. Yeah, so. White Line Fever. You got something for us? I from reject White Line the Fever? challenge because there is no challenge. <laughs> is that from? Uh, don't tell me that's the one with Kathy Ireland. No, no, that's uh, Spike doesn't play with no, girls. No, that's that's Little Giants. Little Spike Giants. doesn't play. This is a Mr. T in Rocky Three. Oh, in Rocky Three. I reject the challenge because he is no challenge. Clubber Lang. Clubber right. Lang. Thank very you. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I knew at least knew that part. Yes. All right. Where are you headed this week? I forgot. Nolens. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. And that's not your favorite city. I was praying for so many people this morning, and I forgot to pray for you. I'm going to cover (laughs) you up with prayer going into that dark place. Yeah, it is, but it also is... it's it's one of the most interesting places that I go to. There is a sense of evil in that city, and it's because of whatever the voodoo practices or, or in the open... Prostitution, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a decadent place. It is, but there's also a lot of light there with churches and, and, you know, beautiful churches that I've been Mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. are crowded. So I, somebody asked me about it. I said, it's kind of, to me, when I go there, it's like the epicenter of the battle of good and evil. Yeah, I think you're right. I agree. There's so much culture and history down there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard not to like, but I can understand that the feeling of, of a dark feeling that you have when you walk through the city. And I don't know if anybody's been through it, but the other cool thing about New Orleans, uh, I remember being down there and uh, I asked somebody, what's a good restaurant? And they said, is it open? I said, yeah, then it's good. <laughs> so whatever restaurants are open are yeah, usually that's pretty true. good because of the... I, what is the mask situation? Do you get a scouting report on no, the mask situation? No, I, I, I don't because, you know, I'm, I'm a hermit anyway, mm-hmm. so... You know, I, what I've been doing is going to, like, a gr- local grocery yeah. store down there and just grabbing stuff that... Uh, so what kind of stuff do you grab? Like a bunch of protein bars? Protein, protein bars, tomatoes, uh, stuff that I don't really need. What, do you buy a paring knife on the road because you no, can't carry one? It. I just eat the whole thing. You just eat it like yeah. an apple? Yeah, I do. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm a weird and weird guy in, in some of those sense. And, you know, it's a lot of times... Any, any meat? By uh, lunch meat? Yeah. Uh, I have bought it if I knew that I have a refrigerator, and it depends yeah. on if I go before I get checked into the room. If I know there's a little refrigerator, then I'll buy, mm-hmm. uh, like a turkey or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So just just to have stuff throughout the day, and you know, I try to maintain. You know me, I'm a. You're very refri- vigilant uh, on your diet. I am, you really are. Uh, more than yeah, I mean, I'm not like super super strict, but I am very aware of what I eat and what I put in and all that stuff, yeah. and. Uh, you know, Did the, that come about while Stephanie was fighting breast cancer and you guys researched the impact of diet? Was so that, is that some a, of that? No, I mean, it's interesting. It's like anybody. Like, when you're younger, you feel like you can eat anything. Oh, sure right? you can. And yeah. you can eat anything. And, yeah. 
toward the end of my career, you're looking for an edge to hold on. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting more and more into diet. Unfortunately, you know, we knew a little bit about diet back then, but it wasn't as emphasized as it is now. For example, you go to all these facilities now, team facilities, they have on-staff nutritionists, they have chefs in there, they have these beautiful cafeterias set up with mm-hmm. healthy options. They tell you how much to eat, how much to take in. For example, with the Lions, I mean, uh, on our, they would, we'd bring in lunch and eat in the vis- visitor's locker room and we'd have Popeye's chicken. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what we would, and red yeah. beans and rice. And yeah. so we just didn't have uh, all the knowledge, but I started doing research and actually ran into a couple bodybuilders. And if you ever run into a bodybuilder, you talk to them, they do know a little bit about what's good and what's not good. Mm-hmm. 